Today's topic is one that I'm doing because I wish I would have learned this in my mid-20s instead of my mid-30s. Oh, the things I could have done. But listen, I'm just glad I learned it and I'm excited to share it with you today. It's all about execution, getting things done, not trying to make them perfect, speed over perfection. We're going to talk about how to make ourselves more efficient in the way we do things and how we can be more decisive and get things done. For so many people, it's so hard to put something out into the world that they don't think is absolutely perfect. I get it. But here's the thing. It's better than putting out nothing into the world. We can't worry about judgment. We're just going to work in fast mode. This way of thinking made me so much happier because I was seeing more progress in all parts of my life. Speed over perfection. Are you in? Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. In order to get used to speed over perfection, we need to do a few things. First, we need to improve our processes, the way we do things. Get a routine down so you aren't making a million little decisions in a day and end up getting decision fatigue. If you don't already have a routine, this is the perfect place to start. Make things easier on yourself. Have a routine of things that you do in the morning every single day so you're not having to make those decisions over and over every single day. Have things organized the night before for the next day and keep a good running to-do list so you know what you have to do and you can really operate at your most efficient level. Next, we need to accept that not everything that you do is going to be 110%. And that's okay. In fact, it's amazing. I am admittingly a 110% type person. I either don't do something at all or I want it to be 110%. I want it to be over the top and memorable and special. And in this whole philosophy of speed over perfection, Something that I used to think was 110% had to have like literally every detail extravagant. And the way I'm doing things now, things are still really awesome. And what many people would consider 110%, it's just not the same in some ways, but it's better because I'm making my life easier and more efficient and I'm able to get more things done. So it's just a matter of shifting our mindset of what 110% actually is. Just today, I was working on building Parker, my little two-year-old dude, his Valentine's for his class. So I decided they have rules that you have to make it something small and something simple. Totally get it. So I was going to have my designer make, or maybe I was going to make on Canva, a little card. So I was going to make a card that said something cute with some sort of truck attached. So I went on Oriental Trading Company and I went on a couple different websites and I was gonna buy my little truck and I was gonna buy some cute little kind of twine string to attach it together. I was going to design or have a designer make my printout, order all these things, put them all together and they, I would have his cute Valentine. So it'd be a card with a little toy attached, personalized with his name on it, done. 
that was my plan. So as I started looking through things and I'm like, okay, now I'm checking out on three or four different websites to get all the different parts and checking when all of it would arrive and everything. Then I popped over to Etsy. And on Etsy, there's so many cool things. And there was this sweet shop that had Valentine's, basically exactly what I was going to do. Now, with mine, I had a couple more things. I was going to add like maybe some stickers or add some glitter glue and some 3D elements and maybe add a little bit more personalization, like the school name on it or something. But here's the thing. No one would have known, no one will know about those extra details that I was going to do. This is still 110%. It's personalized, it's cute, and it was $2.99 each, and I need 18 of them. So I was like, okay. For $2.99 each, they're personalized, they're done, and they come all together in a week. Before, I would have never done that. I would have thought, okay, mine will be cuter and I want to do it. And that's one thing. If you want to do it, if that's what you want to spend your spare time doing, then do it. You don't have to make everything crazy efficient in your whole life. But for me, at this stage of life and all the things that I have on my plate, if I can order something on Etsy that would be almost just as good and special as what I was going to hand make myself, I should do it. And I did it. And I think they're going to be so, so cute. And I just saved myself so many hours of work and also maybe the stress of one of the parts not arriving in time or all the things that go into doing a project on your own. Another thing is you can do something like this, order something, and then make it a little bit more special. Put the glitter glue around the outsides or add whatever details, but you've just made your life so much easier. And to be honest, it was probably cheaper than it would take me to buy all the different elements and put it all together myself. So I love it. Or another example is how about every podcast that I do? I'm so passionate about everything I talk about on here. I could literally research and talk to people and ponder over so many details about every single episode. But guess what? I'd never record a single one. I mean, no kidding, I could literally work for one month on each topic by listening and pondering and making notes and, you know, spending a little bit of time each day, but I'd never execute. I would literally never finish a single one. So I've just become efficient with it. I think of what I wanna do and I write all my notes and figure out how the podcast is going to lay out. And then I record it. Because if I went through the process of thinking about it too much and analyzing it back and forth, I just wouldn't move. I wouldn't get anywhere. Speed over perfection. Now, you might be thinking, what about mistakes? If I'm working in this ultra fast mode, I'm much more likely to make mistakes. True. But here's the thing. Most mistakes are easily correctable. And a lot of mistakes, other people probably won't even notice. At the end of the day, I'd much rather have the regret of mistakes than the regret of not doing things. That's what it comes down to. When I'm working faster, I absolutely make more mistakes, hands down. But of course you make more mistakes because you're doing more things. It's like if you try to juggle two balls in the air, yeah, you probably won't drop either of them. But if you're trying to juggle 40 balls in the air, you're gonna drop some every now and then. But you're doing so much, it's just, I feel like it's okay. We also need to realize that timing in life is often everything. 
So often, there are times when you wait on things for too long and they end up going away. Take, for example, this. Maybe someone gives you a great referral for a job opportunity. It's something that's right up your alley, you're excited about, it's just what you've been looking for and you think you're perfect for it. But your resume isn't quite right yet. You know how important a good resume is and so you spend the next two weeks mulling it over, sending it over to people, having your sister proofread and edit it, buying different templates online to lay it out. And then by the time you send it over, the position's no longer available. Sometimes by spending too much time on something to try to make it perfect, the opportunity's gone. Or something's just time out. Maybe you have this great gift idea for your mom's birthday. It's elaborate and complicated with lots of steps. And by the way, I love projects like this because they're usually the most special. You're gonna print a bunch of pictures from the two of you together from your childhood all the way up to present and you're gonna frame them and you're gonna attach a note on the back of each of them with what each picture means to you or some special note. A really nice gesture. She would for sure love this project and this plan and this gift, but it just might be so complicated that you never get beyond the first step. You have to make your plan practical. It will still be just as special. She doesn't know about this big elaborate plan you had in your mind anyway. This is just such an important point in this whole conversation. Sometimes you have to dial things down so you can execute. And listen, I'm right about a lot of things, but my husband is so right about this and he's been telling me for years but he's a little bit more extreme and he's a very manly man, a dude. So a lot of the details, he just, it just aren't important to him. So he's always like, why are you doing that? Or, you know, is anyone even going to realize that, you know, you're doing Halloween snacks with a little clementine orange with a little celery stick sticking out of it, you know, and something else made in the shape of a ghost for the snack at school. And, you know, he's probably right. Maybe it's the little kids don't know, but it's cute and it's fun and it makes me happy. And I like looking back at the pictures and maybe the kids will remember it. I swear he's been telling me for years that so many of these things are nuts. And a lot of the times he was right. I made things so elaborate and I wasn't willing to dial them down. And that's really where I can see my flaws now looking back is when I recognized that the plan had got way too complicated and it wasn't realistic, I wasn't willing to take it down. I just, I wasn't willing. I just was, you know what, I'm going to do my original plan, come hell or high water, this is how we're doing it. And a lot of times it led to a lot of stress and a lot of extra time spent on something that I could have spent doing something else, moving on to the next thing. I really think that so often we make simple things very complicated. I see this a lot in the world of room parenting. I've always been a room parent. I absolutely love it. And I work in such a fast and efficient way, it's hard for me to work on committees that don't work in a similar fashion. I don't expect everyone to work at mock speed and you know do emails at two in the morning. I get that. I just like efficiency and, you know, making a good use of time. 
in years past, I've been working with groups and with the other room parents in the grade. And say we have a class party coming up. They'll want to meet three times about the class party and email back and forth every day about every little detail. Then ask the teachers and just make it a several step process. And I just, I've just realized that it's just so unnecessary, especially when it comes to kids. A lot of times they just want to have fun and they want to play with their friends and they want to do something they enjoy doing. So you can still do it 110%. It just doesn't have to take over your whole world. It's so easy if you're a room parent for the majority of your free time in a week to be taken up by a class party, which again, if you enjoy doing it, that's awesome, then you should. But if it's something to where you have a huge long to-do list, you always feel behind, your house is not as organized as you want it to, maybe it's a better decision to just think about what do the kids love doing right now, right? So like the dreaded trend that will never end, slime. I've ended up doing slime for so many things, like a make your own slime where you add in different characters and big, you know, confetti pieces, sequins, and the kids love it. It's a huge hit and it's so easy. So often we do things over the top, especially for our kids. And if we just thought about what they really wanted and what made them happy and what's going to be the best use of our time, we can get something that's just as cool and just as memorable. It just doesn't take over our whole week. Having the option in your mind to downsize your plan if it becomes too complicated is so key in all of this. And here's another thing that's very important. Don't wait until 10 p.m. the night before you need it done to make that decision. You can't pull the ripcord then. You have to pull the ripcord a couple days before when it starts looking like maybe it might be too complicated. Do it right when it seems like it's too much. So maybe it's a gift for a friend, kind of like what we talked about. Or maybe it's planning a baby shower for a friend or a relative or making photo books of vacations you've been on. All these things you can still do beautifully and still do wonderfully that, you know, execute like they're 110%, but just be more efficient and be flexible and be willing to downsize on your plan if it looks like it's just, it's not even gonna be, you know, realistic to accomplish it in the amount of time you have to accomplish it, or it is possible, but it's gonna take over your whole existence in the process. Another great way to be super efficient is to not always start at scratch with things. We talked about Etsy a little bit and Etsy has grown so much. I think it's such a great resource and so many other websites. So depending on what I need to do, a lot of times I'll buy something that's already done and then I'll add to it and make it awesome. So in the past, in my inefficient past, I would always start from scratch. I'd go, whatever it, whatever project it is, I'd always start from the very beginning. So maybe I'm making a new landing page for one of my websites for my company, Million Dollar Tan. So often I would start at the very beginning. I want this to be fresh and I'm going to do all new graphics and I'm going to have two different graphic designers, you know, do all these things and make all these new concepts because this thing has to be perfect and I'm just, that's the only way that it can get done. But here's the thing. It would probably take me, I don't know, at least a month 
maybe two to put this landing page together because I have a very rigid idea of what it's going to be and I've created a lot of steps when in reality, I've been in business for so long, even when I had only been in business for a few years, I still had a lot of assets, different graphics I had made or I had graphic designers make for email blasts or social media posts or for other pages on the website. And I could totally use some of those graphics and some of that content to create this new landing page. And I could probably create the new landing page in what, 24 hours, 48 hours, maybe with a little tech help. If I just pulled in some of the best of what we have from other things, write a little bit of new content, maybe take a couple new photos, put it all together and I would have my new landing page. So interesting how I spent so much more time of my own time and also my team's time than I ever needed to And would the sales have been any higher? Maybe a little bit, but here's the thing. So say the sales would have been just a little bit higher if that website landing page would have been that much better. But I have so many more sales because the website, the landing page is up so much sooner, right? It didn't take me a whole month or two to actually get it up and offer this new product or offer this new service to my customers because. I got it up in two days. So I'm definitely selling more because it's just out there. I put something out in the world so much sooner. And even if it's a touch not quite as great, it's out there. It's done. Execute, move on. Execute, move on. I just think it's always the way to go. So another example. When I'm throwing a party, a lot of times I'll search the internet for things that are already done pre-made that I can add to. So rather than going to Michael's and starting with a piece of foam board and paper mache and paint and paintbrushes to create something, I buy something already made and then I'll cut it apart or only use half of it or use the whole thing and add a bunch of stuff just to make it better. It's often less expensive and easier and it saves me so much time task is done. I'm ready to move on to what's next. Speed over perfection. Would it have been better if I took a month doing it two hours a night after dinner every single night? I'm sure it would. Would anyone notice but me? Probably not. And could that extra time be better spent? For sure. For sure. Okay, let's talk about multitasking because I love the idea of multitasking. It's so interesting to me and I used to be such a passionate multitasker and I thought that's what made me efficient and now I think the opposite. We all think that multitasking means you get several things done at one time and in some cases, this is absolutely true. Like in my life now, I eat lunch in the car just about every weekday And if it's not in the car, it's while I'm reading emails. Just because if I'm eating a salad that takes me, you know, 10 minutes, I just don't sit at a table and just eat a salad. For me, that's just, I'm just fueling my body. I'm not taking anything away from the experience of the salad if I'm driving, well, listen, safely driving, you know what I mean? Or if I'm reading my long emails that I have on task while I'm eating. It just makes it more efficient for me. I totally believe in that type of multitasking. Or another thing I do just about every day is I'll catch up on my DMs on Instagram 
while I'm warming up on the elliptical machine in the morning. It's early, it's cold, I need to warm up my muscles. Very rarely do I hop in the gym and you know start running at a crazy fast pace because I do it right after I wake up. So I need some warm up time anyways. So I'll do my DMs in the process at the same time. I think it's great to combine two things if and only if neither thing suffers because they're getting half the attention. I hope that makes sense. So if you're doing two things, you're not compromising the quality of either thing by doing them at the same time. So if I'm catching up on my DMs or, well, I'm not texting people at five in the morning, so not my texts, but maybe a couple quick emails I'm catching up on while I'm on the elliptical, I'm still warming up at the same, you know, kind of ramp up pace that I would do. And my level of quality of response for my emails or DMs is the same just because they're things that just require a real quick response that don't require a lot of brain power. Totally perfect. Love that type of multitasking. But in other cases, I found that it was actually totally messing me up. When I was multitasking, I thought I was just getting a lot of stuff done, but I was actually inching towards the goal for each project or each thing I needed to get done. Like just inching towards each one, you know? Because if you're just kind of doing a little bit of each one, you just inch forward little by little. When really, I just needed to organize what I needed to do, start with one thing and fully execute. This is like the heart of what we're talking about here. And it's hard to do it first if you're not used to doing things this way. But this is probably, if you get one thing out of this podcast, this is it. When you are looking at your to-do list and when you are going to execute on things that you need or want to do, start with one thing and fully execute and don't stop until it's done. Don't get distracted. Don't work on something else. Don't pop over to different things. Start on one thing. Make sure you have enough time to do whatever it is you need to do. Fully execute, move on. Execute, move on. Okay, let's get into a few examples. Say you have a local business and you want to get better about posting more often on Instagram and Facebook. You need more content. You want to generate more interest and get more followers. So you know you know how you sort of start by looking for pictures or you look for a quote or you start thinking about what you want to post for that day, that moment. Then it kind of gets complicated. You can't kind of find what you're looking for and you don't really know what your vision is. And then someone texts you or you hear an email ding, an email pops up. And then that's sort of easier because you're kind of, you know, tiny and a little bit frustrated anyways because you're not sure what you want to do and you're not quite finding it. So let me just pop over. I'm stuck anyways. I'm just going to pop over and tell myself that I'm going to come back to the post in a couple seconds. I'm just going to see what this email says or reply to these texts or whatever. But then what really ends up happening? Sometimes you don't go back and do it. And maybe you didn't post anything that day, which doesn't get you closer to your goal for that. And then sometimes when you do go back to it, you have to get back in the whole mindset, right? So you're basically starting all over. Wait, where was I at? Or you get back to it two days later when you could have posted four posts by now, six posts by now, instead of just one two days later. Speed over perfection. Even if those posts weren't 1,000% amazing, ideal in your mind, putting out something 
is better than nothing, which is what you did in the scenario where you stopped and did something else. You put out nothing. Or another example, say you are planning a vacation and you're putting together your agenda and your plan, where you're going to eat, what activities you're going to do, all the things. So in planning this vacation, you do a little here and you do a little there. You look around online. You talk to friends who have been there before. You call the concierge at the hotel. You make a couple lists. And by the time you get back to book, the reservations are full or the activities aren't available anymore because it's all booked up because it's spring break and everybody's going there. Now, I'm not saying that you can't have time to think about things or you can't, you know, ponder it over to talk to people. I'm just saying that you need to think about this in terms of speed. And this is a perfect example to talk about how so many things aren't permanent, right? Get in there, figure out the plan for the vacation, talk to people, do a little research, then execute. Just because you made dinner reservations, usually things have a cancellation period and keep good notes so you can cancel if you want to, but make a plan and move on. I know from my own vacation planning, once you get there, you know, at least 25% of the plan is going to change anyways. Side note, I love to have a plan and I love going into it thinking, okay, this plan is probably going to change a hundred times, but I just don't want to be left without options. So I'm always going to have a plan. When it comes to vacation planning, that's always my strategy. But I'm also really quick with it, but I haven't always been this way. I've just become quick with it because I just know there's nothing worse than seeing something or maybe it's tickets to an event on vacation or not. And you see them and you you know for sure you wanna go. The person that you're gonna go with wants to go, but you kind of just, I don't know, you lag on it, right? You just lag for a couple of days and then you go back and maybe the tickets are double or triple the price because you lagged and it's just like the worst feeling ever. Or with airline flights, if you know for sure and whatever green lights you need to get in your world, you have those green lights, just execute. The regret of those tickets or those flights or whatever it is not being available or being three times the price is just so painful. Once you know it's something you wanna do, execute and done. It's just, it's just huge. It makes your life so much better because you don't have unnecessary stress. So back to the vacation planning example, figure out all the things that are important to you, make your list, talk to your people and just book it. It's not permanent. It's not set in stone. You can always change it. Okay, so we cannot wrap up this conversation without talking about judgment and the fear of judgment. I talk about judgment a lot because it's just so interesting to me. And I think that in society now, judgment is on tilt. It's everywhere. And I think so many of us have become afraid of it, maybe in a small way or maybe in a big way, wherever you land, I think it's very important to think about judgment and how you're dealing with judgment and if it's stopping you from doing things that you want to do. I really think that so often, so many of us don't execute. We don't focus on speed over perfection because we're worried about being judged. So we keep trying to make something perfect. The idea of perfection is so interesting and I think so much of it isn't our own thoughts about perfection and what we produce and our output. 
It's about what other people will think. So maybe it's about our social media posts. And that's why we're not posting because we're afraid of what people might think, even though posting might advance our business or it might lead to a side hustle we've been wanting to do or just for fun. It might, you know, lead to us sharing things with friends or something cool we did or something awesome we cooked, but we don't feel like it's good enough or, you know, someone we know in our life is going to judge you. Maybe you cooked something really great and it's spectacular in some way, but maybe you have a friend who's actually a chef. So you don't post it because it's not as good as theirs. Or maybe you have a judgy friend or lots of judgy people in your life and you're thinking about what they may think or say to you about it. And so you're crippled. It's just so important to get beyond that because oftentimes perfect never comes. So we can't focus on it. I love, 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 love this quote by Theodore Roosevelt. In any moment of decision, The best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing. I love that. It's so true. I'd rather do the wrong thing than do nothing. It's just, it's brilliant. I love it. And wrapped up in all of that is we need to be more decisive if we really want to focus on speed over perfection. Trying to make the perfect decision often results in no decision at all. You just can't be afraid of mistakes. Try to avoid them, yes, but don't be afraid of them. I used to be a somewhat indecisive person just at times and with certain things. And I would just mull it over so much and I just, I couldn't get out of overthinking it. But somehow in researching all of this and just learning and implementing speed and efficiency, in my life, I realized, listen, life is long. Make a decision and move on. And hey, if it was the wrong decision, make a different decision next time. I used to be so terrible at picking restaurants. And I think a lot of people are. And I think so often it's like at the end of the day, I'm on decision overload. I'm not sure. I'm thinking about way too many things. Who's going to be happy with this and what everyone's going to order that I would just kind of freeze and not make a decision. It would make my husband so frustrated. And now that just seems so silly because, okay, it's just dinner, it's just a meal or it's just lunch. Make a decision and move on. And even if it wasn't the best meal ever, you made a decision and likely the whole experience with whoever you're going to dinner with or even by yourself is so much better because it started out great. You were decisive, you made a decision, even if it ended up not being awesome, you just made a decision and you were decisive and you just weren't afraid of the mistake. Make a decision and move on. I read that Jeff Bezos, obviously the founder of Amazon, splits his decisions by reversible and irreversible and then considers from that basis. I thought that was so, so interesting. Is it reversible or is it irreversible? And then decides how he's gonna maneuver from there. I love that. So kind of pulling all of this together and wrapping up, here's the thing. Life is moving fast. And I really believe that when you think about the things you want or you need to do and getting them done, you have to think about speed first and perfection second. Make it happen first. You can always make it better later in some way. Execute and move on. Execute and move on. 
You'll get so much more done. You'll feel more productive and happy and not as behind on all the things you need to do on your endless to-do list because you're focusing on one task, completing it, and then moving on to the next. You are not worrying about judgment. You're not multitasking everything out. You're not overcomplicating things. It's speed over perfection, and it's awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. Head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com and sign up to get our emails, which I'm so excited we will be starting to send out soon, and we'll be sharing more awesome things that way. Until next time, cheers to speed over perfection. Thanks for listening to the How To Be Awesome At Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.